Hello everyone and welcome again to another episode of Yes Sir Hature. I hope the new year has been going well for you and today is going to be a special recording. Now before I tell you why this is going to be a special recording, uh, I will do our usual plug. Uh, if you have found yourself here for the first time because somebody has sent you a link or you have managed to find us on any of the platforms that you listen to podcasts, well, welcome and please click the subscribe button as we try and bring you fresh content every week. Okay, so my name is Mark and I'm together, I'm here together actually, beg your pardon, with Dennis. And Dennis, maybe you can tell everyone why is today a special episode? Okay, yep, it's good morning from the UK. It's even sunny here, would you believe? Um, <laughs> and it is special because... Um, our guest on this podcast, Dr. Anuradha Joshi, or Anu, as I refer to her, is joining us from India. Nice. And um, it's very special because we did make contact prior. We've had some conversations. We've never met physically. But when I come to India, maybe next year, we'll get together. Um, just to say something, Anu, that... The, the thing I really appreciate, uh, something that you do a lot of, you're a creative educationalist, you're a motivational coach, uh, medical health professional. I won't read out all your qualifications because there's so many. And I know that you're involved in a international enhanced working in Philadelphia, published over 50 wow. papers and topics. And very proud to say this is a great achievement. Uh, not 219. Um, you were uh, confirmed the type, confirmed the type, conferred. Ha! I should take a strap. So the title of creative <laughs> pedagogy trainer by the president of the International Academy of Genius, Dr. Andrei Alienikov, California, wow. USA. So that's just to give you an introduction. Thanks. So we're really delighted that you're joining us live. We're working situationally. Um, so that's great. Uh, I can continue, Mark. Anything else you want to say? No, I'm just I I, I uh, just want to let the listeners know the full bio will be attached uh, to this podcast, so you can uh, check it out. Uh, and, and and can I just say that uh, I'm 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 blown away by the uh, the credentials of our guests. Uh, and oh, maybe oh. when I grow up, I do hope to have such uh, you know sterling credentials as well one day. Oh, thank you, thank you so much, Dennis and Mark. Thank you. Okay. Right. Okay. So, 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 so let's we, we, we can start the, the 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 our our conversation. And yes, as we all know, regular listeners know, we don't actually rehearse uh, this podcast because we feel that uh, we would like to have natural, free, free flowing conversations. Uh, so maybe we'll get Dennis to start. Dennis, get, let's get the ball rolling. What's the question? Yeah. I mean, the first thing is just to ask you how you. Based and creative teaching. How did that happen? And tell us some of the things that you've been doing and have done um, in that area yeah. of teaching approach. Yes, thank you so much. First, uh, uh, I want to wish uh, a very, very thank you to both of you. And good evening from India. Today is actually a very pious festival in our country. And, uh, you know, it's dedicated to Lord Sun, which okay. marks the transit of the sun. You know, a very auspicious day today. So thank you so much uh, for this uh, uh, podcast today. And yes, coming on to Den, the question which you're asking that how I actually uh, uh, came into this uh, approach of teaching. So basically... Uh, I wanted to instill interest and interaction among my learners. Now, in medical field, most of the time, the students have to face a lot of stress and turmoil. Yeah. Actually going through their course. Yeah. So we need to instill creativity. We need to bring in effective teaching strategies to make them, you know, interested in the subject and also bring high engagement during our classrooms. Right, I know. And, I, I, yeah, I'm sorry for for, for cutting yeah. you. But I found I found what you just said interesting. 
Uh, and maybe you could just set the context for us a little bit. When you said that you need to keep your students motivated, am I wrong to say that when they are medical students, they already come in highly motivated and that actually when they engage in learning, it's like they are highly uh, autonomous and they, and they do it on their own? Is it fair to say that? Yeah, yeah, it it, it is uh, definitely fair to say that. Another thing is when we bring in creativity in our classrooms, what happens right. is actually gives a very positive impetus to the students to learn more, to enjoy right. the process. Okay, I think that's important what you just said about enjoying the process. So, uh, and again, I apologize for butting in just now, uh, but maybe for you to just elaborate a little bit more. Uh, okay, so they are doctors, they're highly motivated, you want to make learning a bit more creative, teaching a bit more creative so that they will be enjoying their learning. Now, my question is, how do you do that? Okay. So, uh, there are uh, actually uh, plenty of activities which I am doing uh, and I have been presenting the creative techniques uh, all over the world. Uh, some of them I'll just like to share today in the yep. podcast. Yeah. Now, for example, like when I teach about a medicine by the name of chloroquine, which is an anti-malarial. Now, yeah. what I do is I personify the medicines. That is like making the history of the drug more interesting, designing the drug's history in such a way as if the drug is speaking about itself to the students. You okay. know, it's so interesting. It can either start with narration of some hallmark interesting features related to drug dose, some peculiar pharmacokinetics or specific pharmacodynamic features. But all that, you know, is actually blended with metaphors, figures of speech to make it interesting. And as a result, the students, you know, do not forget about the uh, description of the drugs, it actually acts as really a good uh, medium to increase their retention levels. Right. So that's that's one of the good techniques that you have done. Uh, and before you share the next one, I'm going to bring Dennis into the conversation. So Dennis, what Anu just said, how do you link that to an evidence-based uh, uh, principle? Well, basically, when we're teaching concepts, sometimes concepts can be very dry and difficult to understand. So what Anu is doing there, she's using an analogy that if you're talking about the disease, the disease speaks for itself. And by using analogies and examples, it helps to make the thing more interesting come alive and it will act as a kind of memory anchor. So the ability to use good analogies, examples, stories around some conceptual understanding is both uh, an evidence-based approach and it involves some creativity because that's the big thing about creative teaching. It is fundamentally evidence-based. That's why we call it evidence-based creative teaching. Right. The, 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 the added skill is how can we take content and connect it together through visual examples, analogies, stories, to bring it alive, to add that bit of added interest. Because I know a little bit about medical education. And so... <laughs> thinking, thinking Benadol doesn't count then. That's the reason. Absolutely, absolutely true. Absolutely true. The kind of thing is, to, to be able to add some kind of creative spin on key concept um, is, an, uh, is a good thing to do. I mean, I, if you remember the time, I mean, just to come in and just give an example, when I was helping a teacher teach Newton's second law of motion, and when I looked at when I looked at what it meant, it's dry, and I used the analogy of David Beckham taking a free kick. And what would happen if the ball was heavier or lighter? And they quickly got the idea of the relationship between mass and force and acceleration. If you just teach it as a, a kind of piece of, of physic, physics jargon, it sounds really difficult. And I won't bore you with it. So that's just to add to that context. So back to you, Anna and Mark. Yeah, right. OK. So yeah. I just want to add to, 
Yeah, I just want yeah. to add to what you just said, uh, Dan, about using stories, which what Anu is doing as a first principle, uh, mm-hmm. using stories. But let, let me let me just give you a, a bit of, uh, as, as you were speaking, suddenly it just dawned on me, uh, the importance of bringing these uh, principles or concepts to, li- uh, to life through stories. Uh, and I'll demonstrate this in a second. Now, uh, can anyone tell me the, the solar system, the major planets in order? For $10,000, what are the planets in order, starting from closest to the sun to furthest from the sun? Anu, you go first, because I know this. <laughs> yeah, if I was to offer you $10,000, what would your answer be? So basically... You know, I just wanted to uh, build on that also. Uh, I'll just first answer your question regarding the planets. That's yeah. the Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. So, wow. I, you know, Mark and Dennis, I just wanted to uh, build on something like this, that when I was given this responsibility to teach my subject, that is medical pharmacology, you know, it bears a stigma of being a very dull and a drab subject. Right. So I couldn't help but recall my own ordeal, you know, and this is what <laughs> prompted me to actually bring in creativity because that is what I call is the zing in my classrooms. Right, right. Okay. Okay. So Can we I just... want to bring that zing in our classrooms, you know, medical classrooms. Right. I love that. Bring the zing to the medical classroom. Can I also just say that really that was fantastic, the answer to that uh to that question, uh, Dennis will send you the check for ten thousand dollars. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on a minute. What about Pluto? As Pluto now, and now there's some trouble about Pluto. As no, no, because no, in two thousand and seven, Pluto was downgraded as a yeah, planet. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. So Dennis, maybe you can share with everyone. Uh, how do you think Anu did it? Yeah. Well. I- I just think that she had the knowledge nicely cemented in long-term memory, which is yeah. what we owe and be able to recall it under some pressure. This was an exam situation. Everybody listening on, $10,000. Who wants to be in there? Well, it's pressure. So, Mark, I'm waiting for my dollars, you know? Yeah, yeah. Dennis will send you the check. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so oh, thank thanks, thanks, thanks for that. So that's the first uh, idea or concept. Uh, helm teaching, the zest for teaching by putting uh, interesting stories so that people can link the concepts to it. Uh, Anu mentioned about metaphors and pers- uh, personification. So that's technique number one. What are some mm. other, other techniques do you use, uh, Anu? Uh, the other one is which I'm using is uh, uh, making collage in the classrooms. Okay, can it you can tell us a bit more? Yeah, it can be online or offline because preparation of collages requires an understanding of the subject, visualization of the various components of that particular topic and their serial placements. Okay. Now, now, you know, this has an added advantage. It leaves a visual imprint for cognition and recall later. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And recently, I have even tried it for physiotherapy students. And it has really worked well for the students. So I'm guessing your students love doing that? Oh, yeah, really. They look forward to such activities, you know, something different. They don't want monotony in classrooms. They want a dialogue. Right. So I'm glad you brought that up. You know, the the very important (laughs) one of the things that when Dennis and I were teaching, uh, one of the biggest complaints that students had was monotony. Uh, Remember that, Dennis? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the quote I have used um, in many sources um, that I've kind of interacted with, I've participated in, and that is that against boredom, even gods struggle in vain. <laughs> and I think, I think Frederick Nietzsche, but the, uh, it really is a point. And um, we've worked with of teachers mark over the years and you see some teachers who can just go into a classroom and get interest and they can manage the learning and not every part of a lesson is going to be interesting and creative yeah and we we see teachers who well you know you ju- you're just looking at your watch and saying when's tea break so um so what we're trying to do with our our channel is to get more teachers to be 
obviously more effective, more efficient, and where possible, creative, because the creative bit is, uh, as I've said before, it's like a cake. The good teaching techniques are the base of the cake, very important. But to bring in the the interesting stories, the humour, those really um, powerful activities, presentation, that's the icing on the cake. Right, yes, right. true, okay. true, Mark, true. Right. So, yes. uh, I know maybe, maybe can you can you share with us when you say you get them to build collages online? Do you use any kind of special tool or what? What, what program or app do you use? Uh, actually, I'm uh, basically we are using WhatsApp for giving instructions to the students. Right. And then, according to the topic, like for example, recently there was a topic on myasthenia gravis, wherein there is a weakness of the muscles and all and that i was supposed to you know deliver to the students in a creative way so okay. first i uh, taught them through a video right. and then i gave them an assignment that prepare a collage and uh, you can present it in on as a visual e poster or a collage wherein you have all the physiotherapy uh, in uh, for my senior gravis patients and they have really done the work wonderfully Okay, and they've okay. enjoyed. They've given the feedback that they re really want some more of such activities in different topics. Okay, okay. So, uh, yeah. before so let's wrap up. Just let's wrap this up. Uh, for for yeah. point number two about yeah. using collages and, Collage, and visuals yeah. to get them to demonstrate their understanding. And I'm glad that you shared. You know, first you showed them a video. You gave them instructions and then you got them to uh, create yeah. the collage. So, yeah. uh, Dennis, again, now back to you. How do you relate that again to uh, maybe about an advanced organizer or creative teaching? Okay, yeah, very much. There's, there's a really interesting blend. Let's start with the first thing. By showing students a video, it's the importance of the learning, some key aspects exactly. of the learning. Yeah. All primarily. And the video is probably the main learning of. And obviously, really good videos that correct him and all further. Will much stays learning. Going back by showing a good video. Present the material in the most powerful way. A uh, century system is visual. There's a really nice quote. I think it's from Lodi now. Um, very difficult to pronounce. That's probably as near as I'll get. But what he says is that mm. we are a visual. And his quote is a nice one. An animal that sees better, eats better, and lives longer. Yeah. So this is a nice evolutionary mm psychological explanation so do you and the second thing then is by giving students an assignment that involves them actually doing some research and thinking in other words they've got to go away they've got to look at the video they've got to look at the assignment they've got to do some research that will involve hopefully some critical thinking to um, get information analyze it compare and contrast it make inferences, interpretation, evaluate it, and then take information and using the concept of and put it together in an interesting visual form that will involve some creativity. And hopefully the concept of doing a collage will be more intrins uh, intrinsically motivating to filling in some long work. So you've got a very good blend of evidence-based methods there, contextualised to the exactly. profile and learning outcomes. So that's me doing my analysis, um, sitting in my office here in um, a relatively Jersey. Right. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So so that that's principle number two or method number two. So I know anything else that you do. Yeah, and uh, the third thing which I'm doing is, you know, there's something known as educational gamification. Okay, uh, tell us more about that. That sounds interesting. Yeah, so, uh, like, see, I'll just give an example. Like, when it comes to teaching uh, in regards to drugs which are used for high blood pressure, you know, they right. are known as antihypertensives. Okay. 
Now, as we are all aware that the students need to know the actions, adverse effects, and interactions, etc., of all those drugs. That's right. And we are already aware, you know, that the game of cricket is huge in our world. Uh-huh, you know, especially uh-huh. in India, it's uh, you know there's so much of fan following. Can I can I just say that you have a much better cricket team than the England cricket team? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll pick up that later. yeah, I know, I know, I know quite a few of the stars like Rahul Dravid, you know. Uh, yeah, and uh, hey, yeah. Rahul Dravid is one of my favorite, you know. I just love Rahul Dravid, right. okay? So, okay, so sorry, yeah. sorry for again for, for being distracted, yeah. but uh, so you use so, so uh, can you just explain it to us again? So, what, how do you use cricket? Yeah, yeah, so what I've done, I amalgamated these all these elements which I told you, like you know, uh, action of drugs. ADR, yeah. adverse effects, and other factors, interactions. You, I've amalgamated these elements in a game game of cricket, where the various situations are the types of balls and specific drugs. You know, you know the ball which uh, for uh, which we are using in the cricket game that is basically depicting the various situations like hypertension with asthma, hypertension with diabetes, and so on. And the specific drugs are the type of strokes that the participants could play. For example, somebody throws a ball which is depicting hypertension with asthma. Right. Now, the batsman has to have a stroke which has to correctly match the drug which should be given for that particular condition. Right. Okay. So, So this became a huge success and it really got students really interested in knowing greater details of various drug classes. And you'll be really delighted to know this, that this paper, it's already been published in one of the very good journals. And this presentation got the first award in Ceremi. That is one of the medical educational conference in Sri Lanka in the year 2014. Right, nice. So, uh, okay, before, before we unpack that, uh, can I request that you please send me the link to that paper because I'm pretty sure, sure there will be sure. listeners who will be very interested. Uh, and yeah. uh, we do hope that you know listeners who are maybe even from uh, uh, you know uh, England or even from uh, Asia who might want to look and see how they can replicate that same uh, technique that you use in the classroom. Uh, but before I bring Dennis in, uh, yeah. in uh, can mm. I just clarify, when you use this, uh, can you just explain and elaborate a little bit uh, what are or how are the students? Is this in a lecture, in a tutorial? What are the students doing? Yeah. Do you use like PowerPoint? Do you use like mm-hmm. actual cricket bats and balls no. that you bring to the class? That's a, a very interesting question. You know, actually, I uh, conducted this activity. The name of this activity was Cardiovascular Drug Fun Cricket. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that is so interesting. Okay, can you just tell okay. us more? Yeah. yeah. And we did this activity after the lecture was taken on antihypertensives. And okay. I uh, managed to get a revision slot of three hours. Right. So we conducted this activity in the classroom itself. And as I told you, this has already been a study. Initially, I did it, did it as a pilot. Right. converted into a study wherein we had the active and the uh, traditional group, you know, the control group. Right, in right. the active group, we actually played this game in the classroom. I have okay. the video recording and everything of this game. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this was actually enacted in the classroom. And really, when, uh, when you go through the paper, you will see that uh, more than 70% of the students actually enjoyed this new learning process and found it to be more engaging and interactive. Yeah, okay. That's definitely true because uh, (laughs) I think in the normal circumstances, it probably would have just been a lecture or a tutorial and then tell your students, okay, go forth and memorize this and then good luck to you. Okay, so I'm going to bring Dennis in because he's somewhat depressed because even the Australians (laughs) are a better cricket team than the English team right now. Uh, But I'll get him to (laughs) I'll get him to elaborate a little bit Dennis, what are your thoughts on what Anu just did with the, with the wonderful idea of using cricket and linked to medical terms? Well, this is, this is where creative teachers not only come up with creative, if you like, instructional strategies by combining 
different methods, but also relate it very much to the local context. Now, I've worked in India, I think about eight or nine times. And when you talk about cricket being something that is part of uh, Indian culture, that I do think that the English kind of introduced it. And um, when the Indians got better at it than the English, the English decided to leave. I think that was the real reason they left India. I don't think it was to do with giving up colonialism. It's they got beaten. Um, they got beaten by the locals at cricket and that was too much to bear. <laughs> What, what was kind of interesting, when I was in India, uh, often watching the television in the evening after conducting some training or giving a talk at a conference, <laughs> I noticed, that, is there a lot of cricket on TV? But there was groups of people, enthusiasts, talking about the cricket, right? Now, fair enough, we have that in England. But there was also groups talking about the groups that were talking about cricket. So that's how kind of endemic... Um, cricket is um, in you know the Indian in my Indian experience, and um, I, I won't say I like cricket. I love it. Um, oh wow! Something like that. We work on situational. <laughs> sometimes we're funny, and sometimes we're not. Um, but going back to the pedagogic bit, by actually looking at, I mean, learning about diseases. Apart from the fact it can be depressing, you know, it can be hard to do all these different types of hypertension and this type of. Um, I was watching someone teach a couple of days ago and they were talking about different illnesses. And there was measles, there was mumps, there was meningitis. And like, I thought, oh, do we have to learn this stuff? So to, to put it into that kind of game and we know games and simulations um you know, are what in psychological terms are von Restorff effects. That is that it's something that is novel and different. And because it's novel and different, it actually um, automatically engages the brain. It's just the way the brain works. So by bringing in an interesting game or simulation, relating it to the content and to the cultural context, that's a three-way um if you like, benefit, because it, it's, it, it's perfectly. I once got the job, just of interest, of teaching mathematics um, to students in a comprehensive in England where the students hated maths passionately. And yeah. <laughs> um, what I actually did was I found out that they really loved dog racing because there was a local track at Walthamstow. I actually went to the um, ground racing track managed to persuade someone to borrow me a video of dog racing and I was teaching them how to do different um, ratios and percentages by playing a game of Monopoly, a kind of Monopoly game where they had money and they could use Monopoly money, not real money, I just preface that. And um, I, would show, I would say to them, look, there's a race coming up, you have to bet what's called a reverse forecast, which means you pick a first and second dog and each dog will have odds, like one could be six to four on, another one could be three to one. But in order to, if the if the dog won, for them to win their bet, they had to work out how much they would win. So that involved them doing some real maths. And they didn't know how to do it. I taught it to them in about five minutes. Uh, they'd spent three years in the educational system and not, not learned how to do it. But they soon learned it when they were interested in, and they loved watching the dog racing and I remember in the classroom there's about 30 kids we're watching a greyhound racing video I've got a, an imitation mic in my hand so and the third dog's coming around the bend being followed by the sixth dog and there's the fifth dog imagine if the principal or an educational um, inspector would have walked in and said what are you doing well that was a really effective maths lesson. And from then on, the students were more engaged. And I think I probably taught them more in a month. And I'm not sort of blowing my own whistle with Because I made the basic maths ratios, percentages, fractions. I made it real world based. So that's, uh, that's, that's how powerful those kind of methods can be. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool, yeah, cool. thanks for sharing that one, uh, Dan. I think that's important that you have linked it to the, the evidence-based uh, principles. Uh, Anu, uh, so I, I, I thought that was that was brilliant. Uh, Thank you. Know, you. It, it re yeah, it really got me uh, thinking about, you know, my own practice. Uh, are there anything else that you do? Anything else? Uh, there are many more. Some of them, again, I'll just, uh, uh, you know, uh, highlight. Sure. That is concept mapping. 
concept mapping okay yeah yeah concept mapping uh, is again i feel one of a very powerful pedagogical tools it's an instruction st- strategy for the students you know that involves uh, uh, integration of the knowledge and creation of meaning by relating the concepts okay so uh, in our institution only a few medical educators are using but uh, uh, i am using it thoroughly in my classrooms and i really enjoy it we make concept maps in the classroom itself with the help of the app also and sometimes on the blackboard also i make it uh, with the students so these you know concept maps help uh, to basically detect the learners misunderstandings of concepts and even identify the knowledge gaps that need to be corrected i find it very useful and in fact uh, rather than taking a lecture i would straight away start with a making of concept map and along with me students also make it in the classroom and uh, again the feedback is really positive on a positive note students really enjoy it and in fact they say that such large uh, information we can you know learn it in a very succinct way right right okay so, do do you happen to use any kind of uh, app or yeah. computer program uh, can you so share so there's a coggle app there's a app by the name of coggle which oh, i no. have used yes. uh, and it can be used even for mind mapping and flow charts also coggle i have used even when i was uh, uh, doing the course on advanced medical education Right. and fema which dennis just now uh, was telling about it right. so i have used this uh, app and it uh, is really useful right okay yeah. so uh, for those of us who are not sure what coggle is a uh, coggle is really i i'm familiar with it uh, i've yeah. dabbled with it uh, i yeah. i think there was one time i had to use it for work uh, where everybody okay. was trying to link the concepts together uh, it is mm. a, a very easy to use tool so for those of you who are uh who are listening and want to find out more you can go to coggle c o g g l e i hope i spelled that correctly i know did i spell that correctly yeah yeah yep. right so c o g g l e just go and do a google search and i i think it's free uh and you can set yeah. up quite good boards and i i think what is lovely about uh coggle is i think you can also get your friends to or your colleagues to also collaborate on your mind map so that they can also add to it uh and i think that's one of the the beautiful parts about coggle uh where people can come together and collaborate on uh, ideas and concepts so over to yes. you dennis how is that useful or how is that relate to a principle for uh evidence based creative teaching well very much so because concept mapping and mind mapping those types of graphic organizers enable you to link together lots of information around central themes and central images and what it does it helps to manage cognitive load one it helps then as a advanced organizer so if i've got to re- revise for an exam if i've got a good concept map mind map a good visual and it's a bit like a collage as well all of these things are related that i can look at that and right away as i look at that visually um i can th- my neurons in my long time memory will be firing and i will hopefully say yeah i see that oh yeah that's connected to that i must compare and contrast this i must do some analysis around these things and if you look at the if you look at your concept map mind map or collage and think oh dear i don't um understand much of this you need to do some work so it's a very powerful aid for bringing out information from your long term memory connecting it to two knowledge uh, with new knowledge using your working memory to create that map and the very process of creating it is constantly taking information from long term uh, working memory back and forth and as we know that's what builds the neural strength in your brain in long term memory so great techniques i remember learning mind mapping um many many years ago before it come fame became famous in singapore i remember in singapore it became famous about 20 years ago i was using it um way before that and for revision for organizing information it is a superb t- um tool because it mirrors the natural architecture of the brain right right okay okay yeah nice so Right. So I know I know there are many others that you have but uh, I'm just going to put you in a bit of a spot here and maybe just to yeah. share one more 
uh, that you yeah. that one more favorite technique of yours that you uh, or your go-to technique that you have used that your students have found really interesting and useful. Uh, there's another one which uh, I have uh, uh, started using recently. It is uh, cine learning, use of cinema in learning. Cinema, okay, that yeah. sounds interesting. Well, I must say I'm learning quite a lot listening to you. Uh, so share yeah. with us, what, what is this about cinema learning? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, like some, uh, like for example, if I'm teaching them uh, pharmacology of uh, Alzheimer's, okay, you know, so when I have to do a set induction, like which it is a set induction is something like a priming when we really want to generate or arouse interest in our learners just before the actual content. So what I'll show them a clip of a movie like Still Alice. Now, Still Alice is a movie which is actually again highlighting the problems of a professor who is suffering from Alzheimer's. Right. Okay. Okay. You know, if we show them such clips, so emotionally, they, there is an activation which occurs in the students and they start thinking that how can we improve this situation? Can it be pharmacologically or non-pharmacologically and so on? You know that as Den was telling just now about neuroplasticity, the neuronal firing. Right. Okay. So we want that neuronal firing to occur at the right time. And uh, I have seen this again. This is taken well by, well by the students. And sometimes, you know, they will suggest me the movies. Ma'am, in the next lecture, what is the topic? I would like to, you know, search for some good movies related to that topic. I think that is uh, something, again, which points towards uh, blending creativity in our instructions. Right, right. Okay, so that that's quite yeah. fascinating because as you are speaking, I'm you know in my mind I'm trying to think of uh, <laughs> medical dramas that I have found interesting. You know, like the Good Doctor, uh, yeah, and Scrubs. You know, exactly. uh, yeah, and and I think I've learned quite a fair bit. Uh, but before I bring Dennis in about movies, uh, because I'm sure he has his favorites. Uh, mm. you know something that you said really triggered a memory in me. I remember there was one time, uh, I was because uh, I teach the arts. So uh, oh, I perfect. used to teach English literature. Now imagine oh, wow. trying to teach uh, a, a, a Greek myth, okay, to Asian students who have absolutely no idea what you are talking mm. about. So uh, and and I think Greek myth has got a lot of stories to tell. So I remember actually trudging down to the video store in those days. You know, there was no such thing as uh, streaming services, uh, and you know. Uh, much as I think I might get myself into trouble, I tried to look for a bootleg version or a CD-ROM version uh, of the movie Clash of the Titans. I'm not sure, Dennis, if you remember that movie uh, quite yeah. some time ago. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I actually went to the video shop and I asked, and, and he said, oh, no, I think I might have an old copy. And, and lo and behold, I managed to find it. You know, I was so excited. I brought the movie to class. Uh, and I actually remember, uh, you know, uh, asking for a favor from the, the the technician to roll a TV into my classroom, uh, and then playing the video for them, talking about mythology and you know the the concepts of how the earth was, uh, you know, how certain things like the four seasons are actually tied to Greek mythology, and my students were simply mesmerized by the video that I was showing them. Yeah, and of course, yeah. you must understand that. The 1982 special effects is very different from the special effects that you see today. But yeah. it was so enthralled. And you know, uh, and, and funny that you said that because just like uh, about a month ago, I had a student, ex-student who wrote to me just randomly on Facebook uh, and said, uh, you know, Mark, till today, I still enjoy Greek mythology all because of the video that you showed us so many years ago. So that just seemed yeah. to have validated my, uh, my approach. So that is, Link that for us again, please. Why are movies oh, well, important? No, yeah. Massive to find remember, you know, cinemas make um bring together real life stories and experiences, and often in very powerful ways. If you talk about uh, working with teachers and getting teachers motivated, um, uh, there's a film I remember watching it. Um it's called Stand and Deliver. Oh, and oh okay. Andy Garcia. And he is in, a, I think, an Hispanic school where the students typically fail and he teaches. And if you look at what he does, he gets students to, to do advanced statistics, right? They actually have to take the external exams 
they actually did extremely well and they were all ecstatic. And guess what? The local authority or the national authority come down to the school and said, hold on a minute, students like this don't get their grades. There must have been some cheating. And obviously, you know, this is based on the true story. And, it, you know, obviously the students are decimated. It just goes to show our perceptions come into play and the lack of the importance of great teachers. Great teachers can get great things from students. Anyway, um, they're asked to take the exam again, right? And a lot of them said, no, we're not doing that. You know, we've been treated ridiculously. We did it. We passed it. Anyway, he persuaded them. I think he had an art attack during the film. So it shows how hard he was working. And it shows how our teachers have to work. And that does worry me. Uh, but they took it again and they got the grades again. Now, you know, if you're going to try to motivate teachers and show people the importance of teaching, absolute brilliant film. You can show that to a group of teachers at the beginning of a course and you've hooked them on being a great teacher apart from the possibility of an art attack further down the line. So maybe you want to cut that bit out if you show it. Also, you are both too young to remember, but there was a film, in, there was a, a singer called Lulu in England, and um, she was in a film called To Sir With Love. The film, yeah. was, it was Sidney Point, the legendary, the phenomenal Sydney yeah. yeah. Point. And he's teaching in an East London school. Now, remember, I'm from East London. I went to an East London school and I taught in one. And they made life difficult for him. But he dug in, he worked hard, he showed integrity, he built rapport, and they loved him. And at the end, Lulu sings the song to Sir With Love. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I think I have seen this movie when I was in my school. Right. Yeah. You do. To Sir yeah, With Love. Yeah. 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 Then you do know that you know you do. Then you do know that uh, just recently, over the past two or three days, Sydney Portier and uh, sadly just passed away, right? Oh yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Phenomenal actor, ninety-one years old. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he was able to teach in an East London school and lived to ninety-one. That can't be bad. Right. right. Okay. 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 So. 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 Anyway, yeah. So, so as we wrap up the first segment uh, about uh, uh, evidence-based creative methods, you know, we have we have listened to so many good ones. Uh, so let's wrap up this segment. Uh, and in order for us to do that, uh, maybe I can get uh, Anu to share a little bit about her reflections on the type of uh, evidence-based creative methods that you have used uh, in your classroom. Uh, maybe share with us a few thoughts on on it, and also what advice can you give? teachers who are starting on their journey towards creative teaching yeah 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 uh, the first thing you know uh, mark uh, is yeah. that students feel that such activities de-stress them okay okay and it uh, brings them you know it allows them to enter a sort of a happy zone right. of learning okay okay and so, uh, other feedbacks, as I was telling earlier, that students feel they are more engaged. They find it more, uh, you know, um, in uh, this thing, interesting. Retention is better. They don't have fear of the subject. Many a times what happens for memorizing something, uh, you need not have fear of the content. So once that phobia is deleted by doing such activities, Right. And they are able to, you know, better express themselves also when, you know, because in all these group act, uh, in creative activities, we need groups. We need to make groups. There is a lot of activity, interactivity amongst the students. So that helps them in collaborating also. And they uh, uh, always tell that it promotes critical thinking, as Den was saying just now. Yeah, so okay. these, these are some of the things which students have come up when they uh, give me the feedback after the classes because I have a habit of asking them, like, what happened, so what, and what next? So, you know, they will say that these are some of the aha moments in their life, you know? these are, They related with aha moments. They really uh, enjoy these sessions. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. So what advice can you give uh, younger or less experienced uh, teachers or educators uh, on how they can start on their journey towards using creative methods? 
okay so uh, this is something which uh, is really important because if the uh, uh, young teachers or the other uh, teachers want to adopt these because we all know that the creative education is basically a type of deviation from the set teaching protocols now these teaching protocols which at times are iron clad the creative teacher must be prepared for initial resistance right right okay okay so how would they so, get past that yeah you know this is something this uh, which i have whenever i have interacted with creative teachers they've always come up with this that there is a initial resistance but if we focus on the well being and the potential advantages mm, mm. Uh, this okay. type of teaching methodology has to offer right. to our students i tell you it's really gratifying and it is worth any you know it's really worth it right and, I, i yeah i think what you said you know earlier uh, was one about bringing the zest back into teaching and i think that is uh, should really give uh, new teachers uh the confidence to try out some of these creative methods would you agree exactly they should uh, uh, try these methods and then like as i remember one of my friend from norway he is one of the best storytellers that is godi keller you know he used to tell me that anu anything new innovative or creative starts with a chaos we need to turn it into a process and then we need to give value to it and that is what i have been doing right. any idea comes in my mind i try to test it first i do pilot study first and then convert it into a project and then i send it for publication you know that is what i have been doing in the past 25 years mm, mm, okay and okay. it's that perseverance uh, which has actually kept me on and the well being of my students that's uppermost in my mind right excellent and ultimately it's the students the youth of the globe who matter the most and we need to give them this gift of creativity because that is what is going to retain that motivation the zest of learning the enthusiasm and you know it will forever keep them lively right okay okay yeah. thank you yeah thank you very much for sharing that nicely done uh, dennis uh, to wrap up this first segment your thoughts to from our conversation so far just to wrap up yeah, some of your yeah. your key learning here right a couple of things one is anu uh, we've had conversations before and um I, I'm glad to see you promoting evidence-based creative teaching in India and excellent work that you've done. And, Thank you. And maybe we should think about you know collaboration and how we can promote it more across India because I know it's a massive challenge. It's a big country, and that's yes. something I think is really important because one thing for me, and I think Mark would probably share this, is and it's you kind of said it a bit earlier um, that. as we're coming to see now that you know given the world as it is that teachers can be across the globe real positive agents for change for the betterment yes. of humanity because i think if if we're all if all teachers are teaching like we're talking about today and as we do in the podcast we'd have more educated people across the world and as edward everett i think said education is a better safeguard of liberty than a standing army so thanks for coming on our podcast channel maybe thank you maybe we can persuade you to come back again and yeah he's promoting yeah. stuff in india if you have colleagues that you're working with or you know about who are doing good work in this way let us know and we will keep the message and the practice going so thanks so much for coming on i will talk thank to you, you again shortly anyway because we're we're in the same mission yeah thank you so much it was such a delight to talk to both of you and share uh, whatever i am doing in india and uh, really i'm thrilled today to be with both of you okay <laughs> thank you so so that that concludes our first part of the podcast Uh, and before we end the session proper uh, as always we usually take this time to share uh, something that we thought was interesting or something that uh, inspired us over the week or something that we have read that we would like to share 
Uh, so maybe what I'll do is I'll go first so you uh, you can get a sense of what uh, I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. is, uh, uh, you know, even though it's only the beginning of the year uh, and we are already into, deep into the second year of the pandemic uh, and I think a lot of teachers are, you know, really tired and so forth. So uh, I wanted to share a little uh, app that I thought was uh, interesting uh, and it's called Headspace. It's head like it's in your head and then space as in outer space. Uh, mm. One word, headspace. Uh, and mm. it is free for primary and secondary school teachers. Uh, okay. And I think you should go and try it out because, uh, you know, uh, and, and I'll just read off what the website says. So whether you are feeling inspired to connect more with your students or you're looking for a new way to bring calm to your classroom, Headspace mm. can help students build healthy habits that last a lifetime. Better focus, less stress, and happier thoughts are just minutes away. So if you are looking for a way to know it's it's the start of the year and you're looking to build good uh, classroom hygiene habits uh, with your students, I would recommend that you go and check out this uh, app uh, called Headspace. So uh, before I get Anu to share, uh, Dennis, anything that you would like to add or anything that you found interesting over the week? Well, I've said my uh, my summary bit already in quote. Um, I'm privileged at the moment to be working with quite a few uh, local teachers, delightful people, really motivated to work so hard and be so good with all the pressures of COVID and all that goes with that. So when you work with people that uh, are energised, committed, um, really wanting to be excellent teachers, it does give you a boost suffering the, in suffering the UK winter. Right. Okay. Yeah, Anu, okay. what about yourself? Anything that you found interesting that you read or you did over the week? Uh, actually, uh, after hearing uh, the movies which Dennis was telling me uh, and uh, the you know head and space thing which you just now told, that is something new to me. I will definitely check it out. And the other thing is that uh, I would want uh, uh, that uh, uh, all the teachers can even share whatever work they are doing in the field of creativity. Especially I see that in higher education, medical education, it is still in a nascent stage in India, especially it's in, the, in a nascent stage. So I would love to hear from people all around the globe, whatever creative things they are doing in their education system. Right. So okay. this yep, is the message which I want to give to everyone. Cool. Thank you very much. And I think that's a perfect way to end today's episode. Okay. So thank you very much, Anu. Thank you, Dennis. It's been a pleasure. Time has actually flown by. It didn't feel like an hour. Uh, and yeah. it's quite amazing that we actually did this from three different places from all around the world. Uh, <laughs> isn't technology wonderful? So as I, I would actually... Oh, yeah. yeah, I would echo Dennis's uh, invitation. Anu, you are welcome back anytime. You know, you had so many good stories to tell. Uh, Thank you. Was, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, and we'll be in touch again. Uh, and uh, yeah, so for everyone listening, uh, we hope you have enjoyed today's episode. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And please do look out for our next episode. So take care, everyone. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you so much. Thank you. And goodbye from me.